Hey, I'm Courtney Brooke, and this is Hustle for Happiness podcast. We are all on this journey to find happiness, and let's face it, it takes work. And honestly, it's not always rainbows and butterflies. This podcast is dedicated to helping you navigate life and cut through the noise. As a certified life coach, recovering perfectionist, and survivor of the foster care system, I'm all about keeping things real. With my unique outlook on life that is truly infectious, we cover everything from achieving happiness and optimal self-care to stories of those sharing their wisdom and expertise. Thank you for showing up for yourself. Now, let's get started. Hi. Hi. I'm so happy you're here. Happy to be here. I drove in from Wyoming yesterday, and on my way in, I was so excited to see you guys. You guys have touched my life, and now you're helping me with my podcast as my first guest. I'm so excited, and I'm beyond honored. Yeah, Allie and I met. I saw Allie online. Actually, Vanessa, one of her hairstylists, followed me, and... Then I got my hair done, hence the locks. Allie does hair. She has a beautiful salon in Salt Lake City. She is a mom, a wife, my friend, business lady. Um, what else do you want to tell people about you? Like, I'm like, honestly, that wraps it up. There's not that much more. Allie has a great, successful salon. She's a trainer. She works for a beautiful – well, she's a part of a company called Natural Beaded Rose. Yes, exactly. Um, not only is she a boss lady, she is – a mom. And I just, when I think of you and I see the girls in your salon, your family, like, you know, we've gotten so close over the last few years, started with doing my hair and now we're friends. Yes. And that's something that we are really passionate about in our crew is, you know, we don't take a ton of clients and our, we just become family. We we call ourselves family. 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 Yeah. Family. And they're the Ash girls. Yeah. Ash girls. So, you grew up here in Salt Lake City. Yes. Tell me about your upbringing. Yeah, absolutely. So I grew up here in Salt Lake City. Well, I grew up in Bountiful, um, just kind of little bubble. Yeah. I grew up in a large family. There's seven kids in my family, just your typical like Utah Mormon family. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, I got married pretty young, actually very young, very young. I was 20. <laughs> Not normal. I mean, me growing up in San Diego, you don't get married. Like, I feel like yes. people, like, I call them Peter Pan boys. Like, guys don't want to settle down. Coming here, being from San Diego, they don't talk marriage. Like, no. It was insane, like, because I was 20. Most people get married. Well, again, and it's changed a lot. But before, I feel like it was, like, 19, 18, 19. Like, you graduated from high school. And within the you first few years, it. yeah. And so I kind of did the same. The difference was I – my husband is – 11 years older than me. Okay. And so um, it was a little bit different than the typical, um, what we typically do in tell this us. little bubble. So tell us. Okay. okay. I'm like, this is how it is. I feel like, okay, Mormon background, like, yes. I think you got to go into it okay, just a little absolutely. bit. <laughs> okay. So tip, at least where I grew up here, a lot of my friends, they do. It's like you graduate high school. You typically marry somebody who has just gotten home from a mission. So the boys go on a mission at – it used to be – I think it's 18 now, but it was 19. And so they're 21, and they usually find a girl who's 18, and it's like, oh, you don't have sex before marriage and everything like that. So people get married really quickly. Yeah. And so people would date for – some people I know, they've literally dated for – three weeks and then got engaged. Oh my gosh. Like, like I just think like, about that so yeah. young. Like when I was 20, 21 years old, I was counting the days I'm going to Vegas. Like 21 yes. years old, I went to Vegas six times that <laughs> summer and people in Utah are getting married. Yes. It's very <laughs> different. It's, we call it like the bubble. It is very, very different. And so, um, yeah, I kind of did a little bit of the same. The only thing that was different and it was kind of a big controversy is that my husband is 10 years older than me and he had two kids and he was divorced and that was a big was he mormon he was mormon as well so i feel like okay ali you're raised mormon yes how does that influence your relationship your business raising a son like you i mean i'm you don't practice anymore we talked about that a little earlier before the show yeah i don't practice anymore but how i was raised they are very strong on their values. Um, Mormons? Mormons. Mormon religion. Yes. Mormon religion is very strong on like the family unit. They're really big on like, you don't like drink and smoke. 
like drugs. Like I literally, like I never knew what like marijuana was until just like <laughs> right, a couple of years ago. I feel like such a bad influence. Like <laughs> me growing up, like if someone told me not to smoke, like I didn't. I don't think I smoked till like senior year. But someone told me not to do something, like I'm doing it. Yeah. <laughs> don't tell me what to do. But it's crazy how much religion has such an influence. Yes. And it's like if you don't do it, like yes. what was that feeling of like? Did you have any temptations, or were you like a perfect God's child? <laughs> no, I feel like my temptations was more definitely like boys. Okay. I think that was, but when it came to like drugs, alcohol, that wasn't around. Okay. At least the crew I hung out with, like I remember I had some friends who would smoke cigarettes, but I would never, I, I don't know. I just was like, oh, that's like bad or what? Is it because, did you think it was bad because of the Mormon religion? Yes. Or were you like really like personally me or was I no. feel like this is bad or was Mormon, being Mormon a huge? I was going to say no. So be, because I was born into it and so being Mormon was really big about like you don't like if you were to like I feel like a lot of Mormons they think if you drink a glass of wine more than twice a week you're an alcoholic. It sounds judgy. Yeah, yeah. Like, and so there's like this whole um, perfection, not perfection, but perfection. Yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. My experience there's been, there's we a gotta lot be of honest per- here. I was gonna say I'm gonna be honest because and I, also I might not the things might not be how they are. This is just my experience. This is your lens. Yeah, this is just my lens. And that's what's about, I mean, is that why you got out of the Mormon religion or how did, why did you decide to leave? Like, isn't family a huge influence on you in terms of like staying or not? Like, weren't you afraid of being disowned or I don't know, like when I hear Mormon coming from San Diego, like you think of Utah, like I never even wanted to travel here because I thought, oh, it's all full of Mormons and they're judgy. Like, not going to lie. And if you're Mormon, like, I'm sure this doesn't apply to everyone. But as a religion that is so held on these, like, rules and high standards, like, it kind of deters me because you can't be yourself. But why did you decide to leave the Mormon religion? Is that how I say it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Honestly, I feel like my situation is a little bit different because of my parents. Okay. Because my parents, my parents are amazing. Yeah. I love my parents. But my parents are different. My parents are super strong in the church. And to this day, they are. Yeah. Like my dad was a bishop growing up. My dad's like in the tabernacle choir. Like my dad sings for them. He travels all over the world with them. And they have such strong – they're very strong into it. But my parents are not Utah Mormons. My dad's from Chicago. He grew up Mormon. And like it's so different when you're out of state. My mom's a convert, meaning that she joined later in life. My mom grew up in Orange County, Mission Viejo. Yeah. And she became a convert at age 17. So my parents- Is a convert? What is a convert? For those listening in and we're not part of the Mormon community. So what a convert means is that you weren't born into it, is that you like have- Converted. You were converted. Okay. Cool. Yeah. yeah. And so because of that, my parents have a different view of they're very accepting to people and they were not going, they raised us pretty, they did raise us very strict. Like we did our family home evening. We watched, or sorry, we read our scriptures every morning, 6 a.m. Structure. We had so much structure within it, but they did at the end of the day, my parents always let us individually, each seven children, all be ourselves. I love that. And they also just, they stand by, we just love our kids. Right. And so for me, when I moved when I got married, we moved to Vegas, and that was the best experience I had with the Mormon religion. Yeah. It was the most non-judgmental. Like, I just remember, like, we couldn't wear – well, they told us, like, you don't wear flip – like, it was a known thing. You don't wear flip-flops to church. Okay. That was bad. In in Salt Lake City. In Salt Lake City. So when you went to Vegas, you saw a completely oh my different gosh, my, culture of Mormon religion. Yes, my first time there, my release city president, which – you know, this is a, a big calling. Yeah. She was wearing flip-flops. And I texted my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, mom, this girl's wearing flip-flops. And my mom's like, yeah, because they don't care. They just want you to come. They don't care. Oh so it was a good experience. So you saw a different side of the Mormon religion. Yes. That you, I feel like being in like, you're surrounded by mountains. It's kind of like, yes. like it literally you're, enclosed, yeah, yes. you're enclosed with Mormons. Okay. So now that you're out, how has your experience growing up Mormon influenced bringing up your kid and your family? Like, I heard that you're talking about structure, and you are yes. so structured as a, <laughs> as a businesswoman. <laughs> like, you guys, Allie wakes up at 6 a.m. She has her regimen. She has her rituals, and you're you're big on it, though. Yes. How has that influenced? Do you think that that structure growing up with that Mormon, although you're not Mormon, I feel like you kind of are applying it to your yes. life. But how have you— raised it with Lucas. Yeah, because I feel like all of the things I really liked about it, I still just do. So like I still, but also I'm not like as 
black and white about things. Yeah. So when it comes to stuff with Lucas and it's like, no, I kind of, I do like the values of like, you don't drink alcohol when you're young. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. I like that. Like, yeah. you don't, I think it's amazing not to do drugs or alcohol yeah, as a I mean, child. I feel like with the Mormon religion, it really was a hard no. But since you're not, you can't use that, yeah. those rules to like say, we're Mormon, you can't yeah. do this. But as a mother, yep. being ex-Mormon, you can still kind of bring that structure to Lucas, right? Absolutely. Uh, again, all of the things that I loved about it and then how they're really big on the family dynamic. Because also at the end of the day, when you go home each night and you go to sleep, you're with your family. Yeah. And so – you know what? I'm really, even though I have a bunch of friends and I love my people so much, by the end of the day, my home base is Joe and Lucas. Yeah. So, and that's really, I feel like something that was taught from an early age. Um, with your business now, how is, how is being Mormon and like influencing? I mean, rewind really quick. I just yeah. have to touch on like your parents embraced you for you. Yes. That's not normal. I, I was going to say it's not. It's not. And so, I mean, personally, when I've, I've had a client who's actually, I don't know if she was Mormon or whatever, but she felt so limited because the judgment, the mm -hmm. shame of like, if you're not doing these certain things, it's kind of hard to leave because like families, so you're raised for family being so important, but then this religion is holding in. Mm -hmm. I feel like you didn't have that influence. I was going to say I didn't. And I have a lot of friends who do. And I'm always like, we call my mom J-Dog. I'm like, you just need to talk to J-Dog. Right. Like you just need to, like, it's okay. And because a lot of people, a lot of their families, they do. I know people that have gotten disowned from their families yeah. for not being LDS anymore. Yeah. It's been really tough on them. Or they, you know, kind of almost live like a double life Yeah, um, because of it. But again, like, honestly, my – since I was little, though, every single kid in my family is very different. Yeah. And they just always were like – if, you know, for me, I loved, like – we went to New York. I got like a fake designer Chanel yeah, bag yeah. when I was in high school. And I yeah. used that as – and I got it for $40 yeah. in like China, the China – And side note, like go to Allie's Instagram. <laughs> she loves now. I love – She works hard, but you love your shopping. I love my shopping. And that was me as a kid. Like, yes. I would just go and like search like, oh, Marc Jacobs or Louis Vuitton. And I would watch fashion shows like as a kid. But nobody else in my family is like that. But my parents just allowed me to be me. And so I feel like how have you – like I, you do that with Lucas. Like I do that Lucas with Lucas. Lucas has a YouTube channel, yes. YouTube. Okay, Lucas is an amazing businessman. He's yes, nine, nine years, years old. <laughs> and he wanted a billboard for Christmas. Like oh. you're embracing this kid and I feel like that's yes. what your parents did for you. Well, this is what I did on Lucas's first birthday. On Lucas – because I also was like, you know what? I don't want – I want him to be him because I felt like right. I was allowed to be me. Yeah. So what I did – Lucas's first birthday, we went to – we did not have – we didn't have money. We were very poor. Yeah. <laughs> we were limited. So we went to Walmart. Lucas could have one gift for his birthday, and he could crawl. He couldn't walk yet. And I just put him in the toy aisle, and I just let him pick out his toy. And it was a baby. It was a little baby doll. And I was like, sounds great. That's what he wants for – that's what he chose. And to this day, he still has the same baby doll. He picks a baby. He chose a little baby. And that's amazing. Yeah. And he then – Throughout the years, then got a little crib for her, got like a little, like more little babies. Like he, that's what he wants. He loves to play with the little baby girl. Dolls. And I feel like, like, that's such a progressive way of raising a kid. Like, I'm sorry, but I still hear people like, my, you don't grab dolls, you blue and pink. Like, yes. this is such a progressive, like, way yeah. of like, you're incorporating technology to teach him. I yes. mean, you're teaching him business. Yeah. And like, as a young kid, you let him be yeah. him rather than, change him. Yeah. And that, that was, helped you. That, and I was going to say, I was, I was raised that way and I really enjoyed that because I felt like I was maybe more, I felt more like accepting of others and I liked that. And how have you like brought that into your business? I mean, Allie has a team of 15 girls. Yes. Stylists, assistants, running a business, head of her family. You're, I mean, you and Scott is her husband. Joe. Joe Scott, sorry, is her husband. And you guys are a team, but embracing the individual. I mean, yes. you're dealing with a lot of personalities in your salon. Yes. How are and you managing? Clients, yeah. Like so many different personalities that way. But that was something that it's just everybody is different. But this is my favorite thing. Everybody is different because if we were all the same, life would be so boring. Right. And I feel like I can still learn so much from all different waves of life and different people. And like the girls on your, in your salon, like you guys all have different styles. You wear that. Totally. Like they have like these, you guys do these like matching style yes. days, but everyone has their unique styles. Yes. And I think it's so important to embrace the individual. Yes. And especially what I think is so amazing that you've overcome is 
the Mormon influence. And Mormon is just, to me, is a symbolism of how much societal norms in your own city that yes. you've actually broken free of and not lived your business, like lived your life, run, run your business, your yeah. marriage yeah. to conform. How is, like, what challenges have you really felt like you've overcome and how have you overcome that, like, with these pressures? I feel like for me, the biggest challenge is definitely is the judgment. Yeah. Um, to this day, my parents still get a lot of hate that because all seven kids, none of us practice anymore. And my parents get a lot of judgment for it, thinking that they did something wrong or thinking that, you know, my parents, oh my gosh, he was a bishop and now like none of their kids. And that I think the judgment, but honestly, my parents literally do not care. They're they're good with them and they just know that they love their kids. And family. And I so mean. I think just that example of just being okay with you just be you and people might, might not like it, um, but that's okay because they're not you. And I feel like when they're not, like, you just know your shit. Like, yeah. and if you, like, for me, like, people judge me. People, like, assume that, yes. like, this life and, like, they probably assume this life with you and yes. you run this salon, but it takes work. It takes a and lot of work. And you're a mom and you're a wife. Yes. You know, I, one question that I, I've been dying to ask you is... In today's society, women are often expected to choose between their careers yes. and families. How do you balance both? And what advice do you have for other women trying to do the same? Yes. For me, yeah. and maybe this isn't the right. There's no right or wrong. There's no right or wrong. But through my lens, it's all kind of just intertwined together in the sense of I feel like me being a business owner, me being a wife, like I try to balance everything. I live very strictly on trying to balance of like my body, my like being, my yeah. balance, yeah. which is my family life and my business. Yeah. So I try to do things every single day to do all of them. But at the end of the day, I love that my husband works with me and we have, yeah. we've been on a lot of projects together for the yeah. past six years. Yeah. And that's been, you know, there was the waves, but that ended up just bringing us so much closer. Yeah. And then seeing what like Lucas does, how he has his little business cards in. I know. I love there, that. Trying it's to so do that. Sweet. And I'm like, I feel like I'm setting a good example for him. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm just like, you know, we don't have the same, all the same norms of like the wife staying home and the no. husband working, but my husband genuinely enjoys being a dad and helping me with behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. That's where he's happy. Yeah. And then for me, I thrive yeah. what I'm doing. Yeah. And I just remember my dad told me when I was really little, again, good examples, right? Yeah. So my dad told me when I was really little, two things. Number one, I always wanted to be a hairstylist. And he told me, he like would go to the legislative sessions and all this stuff. And he'd meet these people and he would come and tell me when I was a kid, he'd be like, oh my gosh, Allie, I just met this person that's, she owns this and this and this with hair. You can still be a hairstylist and you could be, you know, you yeah. could do amazing things with it. Yeah. Where a lot of people, they kind of see hairstylist as a trade or you're not going to be successful. I mean, that's what I thought. Like, I was yes. like, oh, my mom's like, because I loved hair growing up. Yes. And I'm like, oh, I can't be a hairstylist. Like, yes. I, I was such like, me, my background is I just yes. wanted normalcy and I didn't have that growing up. So right. for me, I was like, oh, a hairstylist, I won't make money. Yes. I won't like... You do make money. You have a yeah. crazy successful business, like, and it's possible. But I want to touch yeah. back on that point of like Joe being the stay-at-home dad. Yes, was that hard? It was. It was hard for to him. accept. Yes, it was hard for him because the second. Well, because rewind back to the second thing my dad told me is if you do something that you love, you'll never feel like you're actually working a day in your life. Right. And so that's something that Joe and I go back and forth of is not necessarily like chasing the money, but back to no. What are you passionate about and what do you love? Because uh, then you don't feel like you're working. Absolutely. I genuinely love the business and everything. Yeah. I don't feel like I'm working. Right. But um, what was your question? The dynamic of you being oh, the one that goes yeah. up to work and him being this dad. I mean, society would be like, oh, that's weird. Like, yes. I mean, I'm sure or you like, got judgment. Like, oh, and also like, and him being hard on himself and like, oh my gosh, like he's like, or being like, oh, what a loser. Or he can't right. do this or this. No, 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 no. Literally my business is your Everything business. I do yeah. would not be a thing if Joe Scott didn't push me to it. Because entrepreneurship, he was an entrepreneur first. He has 10 years on me. Yeah. He has started so many different companies. Yeah. And so he basically, like, he taught me how to do this. Right. I, like, had, sure, some ideas, but I didn't know how to take action. Yeah. So it's like, he was he's working so much behind the scenes. Yeah. But I think it was hard at first to be like, oh, he doesn't have, like, you know, he's not bringing that in. normal role. Yes. Like it's, the normal role of him being the money, yep. him being that yeah. the al alpha of the yes. family. Like there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. And also 
our personalities. I always wanted to be a mom. And then I had Lucas and I've told you this before, but I had a very hard pregnancy Mm -hmm. because it was a very hard baby. Yeah. And I always was like, oh my gosh, I always wanted to be a mom. And then I'm like, well, wait, this is really hard. And this isn't my strong suit. Like this is like, this stresses me out. This isn't Being like, a mom. Yeah, being a mom and, and being at home. And that takes freaking courage for you to even say that. Like, It's true. I'm yeah. sorry, but like Instagram, social yep. media, like it, it's not glamorous. No. It's not glamorous. It's no. hard work. And like you take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You have to take it yeah. seriously. But you knew that – where you like thrived. Yes. Cause I stayed at home when Lucas was born. I stayed at home for 18 months with him and Joe went to work and we tried that. And there we had, it, there were so many issues and I was not happy Yeah, and he wasn't happy. We were so stressed, all this stuff. And so then, but I had a passion Yeah, and I always said like, I am meant for more. Right. Like, not that, but people who, like, my sister stays at home with her kids. Yeah. I look up to her so much because she's literally the best mother I know. Right. But that's not my strong that's suit. Not your, that's not your path. That's not and my that's path. So, like, and that's Joe's. He, like, even yeah. in in high school, he took child development classes. He's always been such, so good with children. He's like, honestly, I would love to be, like, a teacher or something. Right. Like, he really enjoys, like, helping with kids and helping them learn. Like, he just is, like, they're just so, you know, they're not drama and they're just, Right. And I hear, like, rather than, like, conforming, like, Jonah, you need to do this man thing. Uh Uh-huh. Think about the pressure he has that he doesn't feel like that. His like what your dad said is follow that passion. Yes, you've done that for Joe. You're yeah. doing that for Lucas. You're yeah. doing it for the girls in your salon, yeah. and you're bringing them up. And you know, I just have to commend you. Like, there is it's okay for to be a mom and not want to be a stay at home mom. Yes, I just I I think yes. that's so important because me that's my fear is like. I want to have my career. I've never really actually thought of being a mom until like I met James because yeah. I just, I, I love that purpose. And I think like if your purpose is business and like you, you have to work your dynamic with your husband. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. So we had to just utilize our strengths. And I, that's what my strength was. I love, I like literally when I started getting back into hair after Lucas was a little bit older, I literally could not sleep the night before a client's because I was too excited. I was like so excited. I'd be. It was yeah. like Christmas for me. Yeah. I couldn't wait to do somebody's hair. Yeah. It was like such a high, and I still get that high. Yeah, and you can bring like Joe's behind the scenes, but like that doesn't mean he's not like it's a partnership. Yeah, it's a partnership, and it doesn't have to identify with money. I used to identify with money so much that yes. I need. Like when I first met James, like I ha- had my branding design business, and I was like, I'm bringing this kind of money, this kind of money, and and. It was great money, but then our role shifted. I had to do more for our home office. And his time, I had to make that call with him and like, hey, babe, like my time is better working in the home office, Mm -hmm. like running our back end, being Mm -hmm. the behind the scenes. And then I went into coaching, but I had to make that call. Like, where's our values? Where's our strengths? And it's like, it might not be normal. And I used to identify with money thinking to be an equal partner, I had to bring in an equal amount of money. And I have to say like, that's not how it works. No, that's not how it works. You don't need to identify solely with that. Like, right? That's something that literally Joe actually had started this nine to five because I feel like that's something that he felt like he needed to do. He had started a nine-to-five, but also trying to help me with everything. I made him quit. Yeah. And I'm just like, it's not about how much money you can bring in. It's not about this. Like, I will be more successful. We will be so- more successful. Our family will. Our business will if I have all of your help and attention. Right. The behind the, the scenes. Other I call it life admin. Like, yes. it's, it's way more work. The appointments of running a kid, going to, like, the mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Like, James and I don't have a kid, but the dynamic. But like, how can day. you succeed together? Yes. And, like, I used to, like, identify, like, to be a good partner, I had to bring in this money. Mm-hmm. And, like, James – and I had to work on it with James. Like, I'm feeling insecure about myself. And I'm sure Joe went through that identity yes. crisis of, you know, I have to re-identify my purpose. Yes. For the, my whole life, I had identified with the job, the position, where I lived, what I wore, how I showed up financially yeah. to, pr- like, be an equal. Yeah. And it's not that at all. Because at the end of the day – and even James, he would not be as successful as he is if he didn't have you. Right. The, all the stuff that you do behind the scenes. Right. I would not be where I am if I didn't have Joe right. behind the scenes. Right. Because I can't do it all by myself. And right. So literally having somebody helping, yeah. then again, it's like a domino effect and yeah. we all do better. Absolutely. I love that. And like raising that family. So as a successful business owner and parent, I have to ask, like, what advice do you have for those who feel like they have to choose between their career and family? You don't have to. You don't. You can. You literally can do it and have it all. I do say that there is a little bit of a hustle phase. 
um, in the beginning. Adjustment, right? It's not easy. It's not comfortable. It's not easy or comfortable. And I kind of feel like you kind of have to go through that hustle phase for you to learn the work ethic. Yeah. And then you can put up boundaries. Right. So, and that's just through my lens of what has worked for me and for my girls. Right. And so something that I did is I did hustle, hustle, hustle. Um, but at the end of the day, again, I tried to do my daily body being balanced business. So I try to do something for everybody. But also I always say, like, I could be in the same room as Lucas for 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but I could be doing like on my phone, like so distracted. I could be with Lucas literally. He loves to play board games. Eight minutes on a board game will fill his cup. Yeah. So like just utilizing that time where it's all in. Right. Like, so whatever I decide to do, I will be all present. For. Mm-hmm. And I just have to piggyback on that. Like, so what are the ways you found? Because I'm hearing balance, a yes, lot of balance, lot and of like balance. taking it seriously. Like for me, like I schedule our dates. I schedule yes. my downtime. Mm-hmm. I it's called calendar blocking. I was gonna say the calendar. Right. Like yeah. our calendar like, is we're gone. calendar girls. <laughs> yes. And if you're not a calendar girl, please be a calendar girl because. It's, it's add structure, like what we're talking yes. about, like that structure, like I grew up lack of structure, adopted, mm-hmm. foster care, no, no, I learned structure as an adult because mm-hmm. I didn't have that or you had structure completely yeah. opposite. But then this is where we're like kind of coming together in terms of the structure is so important and you take it seriously, like your doctor appointment. Mm-hmm. to your park, going to the park, or playing a board game. It's you all know? in the calendar. It's all equal, though. Yes. And I think treating that, people go, I don't have time. Like, what would oh, you say oh. to that? Like, when someone says to you, how, <laughs> Allie, <laughs> how, how, I know, right? But I, I mean, I, I, wanted, I want people does. to hear your mindset because, yeah. like, it is possible. And I want you, like, those listening, like, I don't have enough time. Get that out of your vocabulary, one. Oh, That's yes. a lie. That's it's bullshit. A lie. <laughs> um, what would you, if I said that to you, like, how do you have time to do all this, Allie? Like, I can barely have time to wash my hair. I say it's a priority. And I always say, because I, I do not ever say I don't have time because I believe, and the facts are we all have the same 24 hours in a day. Yeah. And the facts are, like, we have the same 24 hours that Beyonce does. Beyonce. And Beyonce. <laughs> and like ever, like literally everybody, like we're, you know, these huge CEOs or, you know, politicians, like we all have the same, right. we have the same right. 24 hours in a day. Right. So I always am like, somebody busier than you is doing more than you. They right. just figured out how to do it. And like what I say is like, if you are that person, my advice to you, or I encourage you to look at your day and break it down. What are you wasting your time on? Mm-hmm. How much are you on social media comparing yes. yourself? Are you shopping? Like, do you really need to shop? Are you planning your day around a happy hour? Like, you know, like. Be strategic ha- about like, everything right. you do in your day. Right. Stri- like everything like is how strategic. So? In the sense of like, even when, let's say I'm going, uh, I don't know, like. I love to also do like multitasking, two things at once. Okay. So it's like, okay, if I I really like to go to the gym and I'll go sometimes with some of my girlfriends, but that's also some time that I gotta I get to spend with friends yes. as I'm going and working. Yes, out. absolutely. So I'm like doing two things at once at the same time. Yeah, it's it's being yeah, strategic, smart, structuring your data, like really set yourself up for success. And if you have like for me, like I find myself like I took the social media break. I was scrolling. I was comparing. Mm. I wanted to get things done. And I was getting frustrated with myself on why I wasn't like performing like the way I wanted to. I had to look at my day and I literally started writing down what I would do because I wanted to do a life audit. Yeah. Right. Like audit your life. If you're the one finding yourself and you can mm. add on to this, like how do you find your time when someone says, how do you have time? Like yeah. what? I'm like, no, I just, I also love to make a Hit, hot, and cold list. Okay, let's hear it. Okay, so I get very overwhelmed very easily. I think we all do at times. Yeah, right? I, I find myself getting overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm like, that's like a, that is just a human emotion. We get overwhelmed. So I do a brain dump. Okay. And I write everything I need to get done. Boom. And then I categorize a hit, which means it needs to be done today. Okay. A hot means it needs to be done this week. And then a cold, which means it needs to be done this month. Yeah. And then I just, and then I'll start checking that off. Hit, do, do, do. Okay, hot is what I can do this week. Now, right. cold, get that done. Yeah. So I just strategize, I literally strategize where I need to be and what I need to get done. And I hear that this planning part, like some people just, oh, I don't live my life planning, like to go with the flow. Mm. That's fine. That's totally fine. I feel like I, you for can the do most that, part, but, still can be very go with the flow. But I also flow. feel like with the go with the flow, like, correct me if I'm wrong, like, 
that's your that's how you want to live your life that's okay we're yes we're calendar again we're the calendar girls okay yes. but like having again that structure so if you're finding yourself getting structure and you're like oh i don't plan anything maybe mm-hmm. just try yeah. try something new if you're getting frustrated Figure out how to prioritize. I was going to say, and if you're unhappy in the situation that you're at currently, then maybe change. Right. Be be open to dig and adjust. Or what could be different. Yeah, what could be different. And And just see if you like it I feel like being so open and like, again, back to like being a mom, like, oh, I having this pressure of I don't give my kid enough time. Am I Mm -hmm. focusing too much on my business? Am I, oh, I'm at work. Am I not being with Lucas? Or for me, it's like, am I not calling my mom or Mm -hmm. making time for my family is, you know... How did you, for me, like it's a challenge, but how would you recommend someone to overcome this challenge of finding time, but also prioritizing? Like, I mean, society says being a mom, you should prioritize motherhood over a business. Right. I mean, how do you push back against that expectation? How have you pursued both? Because I hear you're doing it all. Okay, but no, I still have a lot of work to do. (laughs) Absolutely, we're not perfect. You definitely still have a lot of work to do, but I feel like. Doing everything I try to do, I do what I do best and hire out the rest. So like literally, okay. I think you asked me literally like last night, you're like, oh, is it laundry day? I was like, oh no, cute Elmo's going to be coming today. But where's your but time efficient? Where's my time efficient? Like I know those are things that I'm not the best at. So that right. means like for me, when I'm done working, I never worry. I, you don't do laundry. I don't do laundry. I haven't and it's done not it above you. It's not, you know, I just am like, I feel like I'd rather spend my time going somewhere with Lucas. Right. But also, because I also am tightening a tight-knit group with my family and with my friends, but they also know I'm a package deal. I've got Mr. Lucas. <laughs> He's coming with me. Yeah. And he loves – he loves the girls. And, like, he comes with – if So we go you to bring dinner, him in your life because oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Well, I'm not sorry. But in my head being – okay, so this – we have a really big – we have two completely different lives in terms of just dynamic. But yes. my fear – and there might be other mothers and expecting mothers or mm-hmm. even current mothers is – I preach this, and we were actually talking about this at dinner last night, is you don't adjust your life to your kid. Your yeah. kid comes along with you. Yes. Right? Yeah. Like, like you don't change your life, and they're going to adapt to you. Do you, like... Mm-hmm. And I like the kid that I'm raising. I like that I have this little entrepreneur. Like, right. he's not like any other kid I know, but I'm like, dang, that kid's going to be super successful. I love it. Like, he literally made 50 bucks last night from us. Yeah. Okay. Lucas is like, <laughs> Lucas Lucas is sponsoring today's podcast. Yeah. Lucas is sponsoring the podcast today. I know. I know. Shout out to Lucas. I know. But He's like, Corey, let me be on your podcast. I know. He like was so begging. It was the cutest thing. He like, okay, last night he's like set up a whole spa experience and charges $10 per area. Homeboy yeah. made like 50 bucks off of us last yeah. night. I'm like, I'm in the wrong industry. I know. He like put up a, the projector and put up um, like some waves and was making it a spa feel for us. But he also knew, you know, I had a friend coming over from out of town and and he wanted he wants to be part of it. But also he knows that because I raised him as we're a package deal. Right. I love that because in my head, I, I definitely compartmentalize like, oh, if I have a kid, I can't do this or I have to do this or I can't do this. Or, you know, I hear also, I hear mm-hmm. mothers saying, oh, I'm not doing this because I have my kid. You know, yeah, I hear that a lot. I, and that's the thing is, and if my friends like want me to go with them to top golf, to bowling, to all those things, yeah. I just know it's me and Lucas. Like, right. me and Lucas and you set up, you set up, I, I really hear that like what's important to you, you, you make it clear. Yeah. You don't absolutely. budge. No, 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 no. Like no. your structure, like we, we we didn't go to bed till one o'clock, but your life like continued to go on this morning. Like yeah. the structure, I think, is super important, and knowing what's important, right? Yes. So, I have another question: Is how do you think society can better support working mothers? And what changes would you like to see in the workplace to make it easier for women to balance professional and personal lives? I think that honestly, the judgment-free zone. Okay, I feel like. You know, if you've got a woman who's working, you're just, it's judgment-free. You're just supporting and supporting of everybody. Right. Being open to that because I hear that like, again, I'm, it's still not a male-run world, but it's still like women just got their rights less than about a hundred years ago. So I'm not saying that it's a male-dominant world. It was a time that we're, things are changing and I'm like not saying that men run the world. It's just that's how things were and things are changing. Yeah. And a hundred years ago wasn't that long ago. No. And so I think that like, Constantly, this ever changing is like, and that people say, and I hear it often, is that this male run world, we need all these women owned businesses. And you have a women owned business, but I also feel like, you know, you have a husband and yes. a son, and yeah. you are raising all, like, you're raising your son around a bunch of women. Yes. And you've taught him so much about women. Yeah. 
Yeah. And honestly, it's just, it's so funny because I've always just, again, going back to allowing Lucas to be Lucas. And he is, he's around so many women, but my husband was too. My husband always says, cause he's not like every other guy. Like I feel like yeah. he does, he is not dirty. He doesn't, he's like, he thinks sometimes guys are gross. He doesn't understand a lot of the things. He's like, I would, he always says, I was raised by women. He only yeah. has sisters. So he's yeah. like, I was raised by women. Yeah. My brother was saying, there's seven kids in my family, but there's six, six girls, one boy. And my brother, I'm just like, he's raised by women. And I feel like he turned out great. And I feel like <laughs> back to like the, the comment of bringing, like helping women in this professional world yeah. is just being open to like, we have needs. Like, I mean, I heard a beautiful story from one of your girls on the floor. Like people get sick, people yes. have issues. And yes. I think like, and people get can't like cancel on their hair appointments because yes. of issues. Like I think this open-mindedness, like rather than like being so regimented, I feel yes. like your flexibility is like you're being so flexible. structured, but like you're flexible yes. with the outcome. Yes. I, I do think I'm very I am very structured. But at the end of the day, there are so many things you can't control. Right. And at the end of the day, things are gonna happen and you just you can adjust. Right. And it's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Things are gonna happen. Right. Kids are gonna get sick. All these different, you know, people are going to get sick and just supporting that. All right. I'm going to totally switch gears on you. Okay. I'm excited. So we kind of got deep last night at dinner and we were talking about your narcolepsy. Oh my God. And yeah. I just, you found out a year ago and then you told me like you were living with narcolepsy your whole life. Mm -hmm. I just want you to like share and like, yeah, this is big. You're on meds yes. every day. Your appointments, yes. you're, you can't drive. Like, no, I can't you're, drive. You're debilitated, but you don't live that way. Yeah. No, I don't let it define me. I definitely, I don't like, I'm not going to live in a victim mentality. And again, like choices. We have choices. We have choices. And I also know that there's a lot of worse things in the world. Right. And honestly, and more examples are, so my family, we all have autoimmune diseases. And I have um, – half of my sisters are very sick with Crohn's disease, and yeah. they've had to be in the hospital, like all this stuff. So for me, you know, I've just made shift yeah. of, you know, my stuff, and I haven't let it define me just like they yeah. haven't. Yeah. But I also know it could be so much worse. Right. But, yeah, this narcolepsy stuff, I honestly only – yeah, I only found out a year and a half ago. I would have had – What was happening? How did you find out? So – and as you said, I think I actually have had it my entire life. But I was so go, go, go. Right. Since, a ch since I was a kid. Right. I'd get checked out of school, go to the ice rink, just cross the street here. And then I'd go to cheer, go to tumbling, go to soccer. I was so go, go, go. So whenever I stopped, I would always fall asleep. And I was always like, yeah, it's because I'm so busy. You're active. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm so busy. I'm doing so much stuff. I'm just tired. Right. That's my whole life. Right. Until I my schedule and I really figured out this balance. I do six clients a week. So I'd see – I work behind the chair three days a week, two clients a day. That's not a lot, right? right? Like I've got a pretty good balance, but I still could not stay awake. Like growing up, I've always missed um, like Christmas because I'm always just sleeping on the couch. Ugh. And I just could sleep everywhere. And you just if thought I that stopped, was your normal. I just thought that was my normal. I literally just thought it was my normal. So I didn't know anything different, but my sister's a PA. And physician assistant. Physician assistant. <laughs> And it was so funny because she's like asking me all this stuff because I get so tired and I just always complain about being tired. And she's like, I wonder if you have narcolepsy. And right when she said that, my husband's like, oh, she definitely does. <laughs> and so then it took like a year to get diagnosed. This was a year ago, you guys. Yeah. I just have to like preface, like, I'm just like <laughs> thinking like, what? Like you have your mom, you're like a wife, you're running yeah. a business, you have a big team, you're a trainer of a national... <laughs> Hair company. Yeah. Like, I just kind of, and I think maybe I'm a little bit hard on myself, but I think if we I, <laughs> I am uh, got really tired or anything, I would always, I was really hard on myself and I always thought I was really lazy. And growing up in school, I actually was, I was kind of a poor student. Like, I wasn't very, I had a really hard time in school because I um, had a hard time sitting and concentrating without been, falling asleep. Without falling asleep. Yeah. Even my ACT test, I fell asleep in the middle of the ACT test. And I always kind of thought I was kind of honestly dumb. Like I always did, but I didn't tell people because I also felt embarrassed. I just lived with it. I just lived with it. But it was inside. That, but but it I was, think it about was the energy just in say, you. It was internally. I thought I was stupid and I thought I was lazy. And so I was like, no. And like, I'm very like, try to be self-disciplined. Kind of, had a, you like, honestly, were, I just hear like, you're constantly working to correct, correct, yes, overcome, correct, overcome, correct, fix, correct. fix, fix, fix. Yeah. This is part of you. Yes, it is part of me. And I'm like, oh, actually, no. And so I also... I, how you said, I don't drive. The last time I drove a far distance was in 2020. I drove 45 minutes. I drove from Sophie's 
house to my house. Yeah. So Harriman's Bountiful. Um, and I did that one. The last time was in 2020 because it was so frightening because I had two kids in my car. And it was so hard for me to stay awake. I was stuck in traffic. So it, it was like more like an hour drive. I'm rolling down the windows. I could not stay awake for the life of me. And that's the last time I drove a long distance because it was scary. And you were telling me last night, like when you fall asleep, you feel like you're like – to stay awake feels like death. It's painful. Right? It's yes. painful. It's very painful. It's a neurological condition, and it is it is painful. The way I explain it is if I do not – when I get like that, if yeah. I do not go to sleep right now, I will die. Yeah. Like, it, it is so painful. I just think about, like, you can't drive your son anywhere. Like, mm -hmm. you can't – you have to have a driver all the time. Mm -hmm. I have a, a radius and a range. Yeah, she has your, your – like, we call got, it your bubble. I, and I do. I, and not only just because we I love bubbles as I've gotten yeah. older, but, like, you have to have this bubble. Yeah. Mine is – and it's, like, either – but my husband will take me places a lot. But, again, I'll use that as an advantage. And even, like – I used to have to travel to work. Yeah. And I actually hired my brother-in-law. Yeah. And then I would work as he would drive me. Yeah. Back and forth. Because yeah. it was a 45-minute commute while we were I've done that with long. James. But he didn't have narcolepsy. But yeah. still, it's like. But yeah, he would drive me back and forth. And I didn't know I had narcolepsy. I just was like, oh, I get really tired. And no, actually, I didn't want to say that because oh. I was embarrassed. I just said, I need to work as I do it. Okay. And so, but you didn't really, like, I was too tired. You didn't like support that person, that girl that needed that narcolepsy. That, that narcolepsy That needed girl. to sleep because I thought it was laziness. Gosh, living with that. And I just think like that energy. So when you found out about narcolepsy, did you kind of relax on yourself for the first time? Did you start accepting yourself or what? Yeah. I think I also, Are you still working on it? <laughs> I definitely am still working on it, but I definitely feel like for the first time in my life, I'm like, oh, actually, I am actually smart. I'm actually not dumb. Because I always thought I was so dumb because I didn't understand. Right. Because I, I, the whole time I'm sitting in a classroom, I'm trying so hard to concentrate, but my brain just wants to sleep. Yeah. So I never could understand. That's crazy. Certain things I was learning. So I just like literally BS my, I still had good grades, but I BS my way. Yeah. Tests failed everything. Like, and again, I just would fake it till I make it because again, I was embarrassed about it. Right. Because I didn't want to be, that's not cool to be stupid. I just feel like, you know, with me, I've been told I have ADHD. I have learning disabilities. Mm -hmm. Like me mm -hmm. being adopted, I was never I never was told that I was going to amount to nothing. Yes. And so like I'm sure like honestly when I hear that you didn't know, I bet that was honestly ignorance is bliss because yes. when I feel that when people constantly saying, oh, it's okay. You have like mm -hmm. you have autism. Mm -hmm. Like so then in my head, like people are telling me, oh, you're adopted. You're not going to amount. So I yeah. believe that. Yeah. I believe that a lot of the time. But then like, you know, no, I'm going to overcome this. I'm just going to work harder. If I just yes. have to work harder, I will get through this. And I yes. feel like you're doing that, but like you didn't have that label to you. And sometimes those labels are, you know, a blessing not having those labels yeah. because you didn't know, but I feel like it brought you peace too, though, because now you can understand. Oh, it's, I tell my doctors <laughs> that my quality of life is very drastically changed. Yeah. Being on, and it's, it's still a work in progress. Right. I still, I always tell my doctor, I'm like, the two things I want to be able to do is I really want to be able to drive. Like my best friend lives 45 minutes away and I want to drive to right. my house whenever I want. Right. Um, I want to be able to drive and I want to be able to watch a movie. Right. The simple things. Yeah. Those are the two things uh, that I really want to do. Right. And so we're still working with medication. It is like my brain scans show, like it is very, my doctor was like, this is the most severe I've ever tested before. And just, so it's like within a minute and a half, I'm out, I'm asleep. And then within three minutes, I'm in a deep sleep. So I, yeah. I'm really do you stay tired. asleep all night? And um, <laughs> like, so if you didn't have to wake up, would your body like I still would wake up, I think, more of my routine. Like, I'm okay. good with my, like, seven hours. So now that you got diagnosed, fast forward, like, how – It's more staying awake during the day. That's what's hard. Okay. Well, yeah, because you want to sleep. Yeah. Like, I could literally – how they do the testing is they have you nap five separate times. And you can do it. Oh, they sent me home early. They're like, um, you're good. You don't need to keep doing this. Okay. So before discovering narcolepsy, now that you're diagnosed narcoleptic, yes. how – have you overcome these challenges to run your business? Mm -hmm. How has life changed for you? And running your family, raising your mm -hmm. family, how is that? How have you overcome those challenges now? I mean, I see like this morning yeah. you woke up, the first thing you do is take a pill. I know. And so that's how do you not the, get down on yourself? Like, I, I think these, that's <laughs> been the hardest thing because the medication I do, I have to take a lot of medication and I'm on the wait list for a, a few other things. They're really hard to get. Uh, it takes like six to eight months to get. Right. But I, I'm on a lot of medication, and I think for me, actually, because I grew up 
where I grew up and the medications I take are they're all stimulants. Right. And so that can also be labeled. And I think that would make me super nervous. And I get really scared of addiction. I get I get really scared of those things. Absolutely. I mean, you hear people's lives completely ruined with drugs. Yes. And so that and being raised Mormon, this probably goes against like your psychology oh, yeah. your psyche. I, oh, it is so hard. And I think because I I've heard so many stories and seeing people where it has it has completely ruined their lives. I get so nervous about right. it. And so I always am trying to also find alternative ways um, that I can do things to help. My biggest thing is I know what works for me. Number one is by me going, going, go, like I wake up, I have to go to the gym or else I'm going to be a slug all day long. So you got to know what, like I, I know yourself. You yes. got to figure out what works for you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Another thing that really makes, because a lot of it is brain fog. Okay. Um, and for me, you know, but my guests, they invest a lot of money to be in my chair. I mean, it's guys, her business, her salon is a high end extension service, yeah. like high end. Yeah. And there, and again, like if I want that, I'm, you also are paying to also be with me. I'm not going to be a slob kebab. That's, right. there's no, I mean, way. I just, I, I just constantly keep hearing over and over, like you're overcoming these things, overcoming yes. the Mormon religion, mm-hmm. overcoming the stigma of the, being that breadwinner of your family, yeah. overcoming this narcoleptic diagnosis, like yes. constantly just, Going above and beyond, like I just, I see a lot of people just settling for, yeah. like settling for the, like, Letting oh, I've been dying. Yeah. And they let them like stay in the way they are and yeah. not try to rise above or get above it. But like, for me, I just keep telling, I know what I want. I yeah. know what I want this in this life. And I, yes. it's so easy for me. I could go and like, my mom was an alcoholic. I can go into yes. that. It's I, can, I see two clear paths of like life. Yes. I could be this person of, you know, high success, great family, like the things I never had in growing up. Right. Right. You grew up poor. Same with me. Like, what do we want? And then you see this other way. I could be just settled down narcoleptic. Mm-hmm. I could not amount to nothing. I could just stay the way I am. But I hear a lot of overcoming. Yeah. How, for those trying to push through like we've done, mm-hmm. what is what are some things that you would just recommend for someone trying to overcome, like a doctor diagnosing them with something? Like, how do you keep going? Honestly, play it to your advantage. Make it your superpower. Right. That's what I say. Make it your superpower. Like it doesn't mean that you can't no. do anything. No, just utilize it. And honestly, and for me, like falling asleep all the time, I'm like, actually, that's a freaking superpower. If I, I'm at these big NBR events that I'm teaching on stage and I have a two hour lunch break, I can eat my lunch. I literally could fall. I literally will go on the ground. I could go on a hardwood floor and I could sleep. Right. And I feel like. And get rest. <laughs> I think the beauty of like you used to say you used to hide it, but I'm mm-hmm. hearing this now confidence of this is who I am yeah. and I'm not afraid to share. I don't think less of myself. Like I won't be a good business person because I'm falling asleep often. You have a supportive husband. I mean, you talk about this partnership and he assists you and he's there for you and he helps with Lucas. Like you got to build that team, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, if people aren't supporting this dream, like get out of the way. Oh, I just absolutely. hear that for you. Like you're not like, you're like you said, using it to your advantage, but not being ashamed that this this is who you are. Yeah. And it's like, no, not being ashamed of it. And also being like, actually, I'm pretty freaking smart. Right. I could have. Like, that self I know people. Yeah. I'm like, no, I don't drive long distances, but I know people that like, they didn't even get licenses. Like right. they didn't get a license. They didn't graduate. High, like, right. I don't know. There's like so many things that people will use of like, oh, why they couldn't. Why, why they couldn't or why they need Like, yeah. I feel like a big thing for me when it comes to mind, what you just said that is like, I'm, I don't like... For me, it's ADHD. Oh, that's why I'm not going to be this person. That's why I'm not going to be successful. Rather than it's the the vision of being this person we want to be is so scary that we'd rather just stay the same. Uh huh. I don't agree with that. And I don't think you do. No, not at all. Not at all. And I I, I just, those listening that have been defined by a doctor, defined by their boss Mm -hmm. saying, or a teacher saying they can't read or not a good writer, don't listen to that. If that's something you want, find another way. Become that creative writer. Become that business person with Whatever might be a little limiting, but don't think that that's what's going to stop us. No, literally put your mind to something and do the work. And again, if you're unhappy with where you currently are, you, you're you you're in charge of your life. I mean, it's your life. It's your life. And that's what I have to say. Like, 
cut what everyone, like for me, I was like, I, I used to care what people thought about me. Yeah. I'm not a good reader. So I would work so hard. Like I went to learning school to learn to be a better reader. I wasn't read to as a child. So I knew that. But like, rather than saying, you know, I wasn't read to a child. I'm going to stay the way I am. Like, I'm going to get better at it. I knew my weakness and I turned that into a strength. And yes. I feel like you're narcoleptic. Yes. Like all the girls are so supportive, but like those that are hiding behind something that are afraid to share, you will find like... You're gonna you're you're honestly gonna influence and make other people I think so too. You're gonna literally be somebody that they can look up to. Right. That's my sisters who are really sick. Yeah. Crohn's disease, all these things, like they're like in the hospital all growing up. But again, they have successful lives, careers, all these things while still struggling with their health. Right. They've overcome it. They don't make it like who they are. They they could probably go on disability, like whatever. Right. But no, they're literally they thrive. And they're successful. And I feel like I feel like our problems, and they're not even problems, but I feel like the things that we think are gonna separate us from people actually bring us together. Yes. And it humanizes us. Mm-hmm. Like we all have things going on and we are all capable. Absolutely. Because perfection doesn't exist. Right. And it's okay. It's okay to just be you. Right. And as you can learn from other people. Right. And I mean, I've gotten so much closer with you talking about like my struggles. And I I, I didn't learn that growing up, but like it brings us closer and like, we can check on each other and we can build that community. I mean, you guys follow like Allie Scott because you'll see the community she's built. And not only because it's your job, but I feel like as a human being, and really your dad sounds like a huge influential part of yeah. like accepting everyone. Accepting everyone. And those who I find that are judging someone because of something, please stop. Like, yeah. I actually encourage you to lean in and ask more questions to understand. Like, mm-hmm. like I'm sure someone's scared to talk to you about narcolepsy. Like, Questions are bringing us closer. I feel Absolutely. like as a society, like when we ask questions, we have to like be a certain way, mm-hmm. uh, sound cool. Or like when we ask a question, it's invasive. We don't wanna, I was going to say, we also don't want to offend people. That's right. really hard. Is like, I don't mean like if I want to speak to you about like literally you have overcome so many trials. And yeah. by me asking you is genuinely like it is education. Such a, it's such education. And it seriously is like, wow, that's incredible. Right. But I feel like other people do bit. They can take it yeah. offensively. Right. And if, I find that if you're getting offensive, just start with sharing. I yeah. think the power of sharing, like, allows you to become more and more. Because when you're not sharing, you're actually not accepting for who you are, I believe. Like, the more you share, the more you're like, I own this. This yeah. is me. This, this is, is me. who I am. Mm-hmm. This is, yeah, this is who I am. All right. And I, I as we wa- wrap up the podcast, Allie, I mean, that just went by so fast. Oh, my gosh. It went by so quick. <laughs> I know. Where, where can people find you? Yeah. Okay. I'm on all platforms. Okay. Um, but I'm I'm big into Instagram. Okay. I'm an Instagram girl. So Allie Scott. Um Allie Scott Hair Studio is our salon page, but me personally at Hair Artist Allie. All my platforms is at Hair Artist Allie. And she and follow her. She like talks about her day. She teaches you guys mm-hmm. about like she shows me structure. She really is what she is. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on my Gosh, podcast and my I'm first so guest. Honored. Thank you. Yes. I love you. I love you too. I hope today's episode left you better than when I found you. Make sure you hit the subscribe button and tune in every Monday to kickstart your week and set your weekly intentions with me. You can find me, HFH, on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok, or online at heycourtneybrook.com. I firmly believe in the power of sharing. If you know someone else who would benefit from this podcast, please share it with them. And remember, when you work on you, I get to be there.